Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to agencygo.io to sign up today. Welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm on with the Patrick Gallagher. I'm really excited to have him on the show because this is a story of somebody who has transitioned of being an agency owner over the last several years and built this really cool SaaS product at four agencies, helping agencies scale and also many, many other types of businesses. So I'm so happy to have you on the show, Patrick. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Lucas. I appreciate you uh, having me on. So let's dive into the meat and potatoes of what you offer. So GridPane is your solution. It's a SaaS product, and it's something that my agency agency is even considering using. Uh, and you have a lot of agency customers because it's a better version of WordPress hosting. A lot of people have used like WP Engine and other types of WordPress hosting and have not liked it. So I'm curious, what is it that you're bringing to the table that's different, and why should they use your product instead of the other WordPress hostings out there? Sure. So it's funny you mentioned WP Engine. Gridpane wouldn't exist if not for the second time that I canceled an account with WP Engine. Um, <laughs> it was actually after that happened, I decided, well, to hell with it. Like I need to solve this once and for all for myself and for my clients. And so yeah. I started investing in this tool set actually just as an internal tool set for my, for my agency. And after I got about six figures into that process, with some strong encouragement from my wife, I realized that probably I should try and better monetize all this software that I'd invested in. Yeah. So basically, grid pain is what you would do. Grid pain is exactly what you would build if you started an agency and got to a certain scale where you realized that all of the benefit of managed providers like WP Engine, like all of that margin is going to them and you're still having to do all the wet work. And so yeah. if your customers are picking up the phone to call you when something goes wrong with the hosting, then yeah. you've probably experienced some of the pain points that we wanted to solve with grid pain. And right. so we just have all of the tooling, all the capability that you would get in a managed hosting environment, that's all there. But there's also sort of unlimited flexibility, unlimited transparency. You own all the way down to the hardware that's actually running your stuff. So your unit economics, like your price per site keeps getting better and better and better. Whereas if you're if you're at a Kinsler or WP Engine, you know, your price basically just keeps going to the moon forever. So yeah, so now we have over 100,000 websites on our platform with customers in over a thousand different countries. And that's all happened as a byproduct of word of mouth and just listening to what it is that agencies want and bringing it to them, you know? What I will um, say, you know, one thing that a lot of people listening to the show should take into consideration is that you guys are obviously pretty large. You know, obviously WP Engine is, is really massive. But something yeah. that all agencies should, should try to seek out, in my opinion, is utility-based SaaS products that haven't hit full market saturation because typically they offer the same, if not better product, but for less cost, because that's the way they're growing. So like, for instance, with these lead generation tools, like Apollo.io, they started off super cheap and then they've jacked the prices up per lead because now they have more market saturation. So for you, this is why I'm encouraging some people to work with your product, because your guys are growing fast. You're offering these incentives to get people on to scale at better prices with better product than these larger competitors. And it's and effectively, it's a similar product, if not better. So I think that's what I always look for in my tech providers is people who are on the come up 
and maybe I've, and I've already hit enough size where you don't have to worry about stability. Like you guys clearly are not going to go down anytime soon because you have a lot of scale already, but you're still growing pretty quickly. So I love that about what you're doing. I think you're exactly right. Like you look at almost every, you know, intercom is a great example. When we, when we launched grid pain, we were using intercom for our support and you could get it for like $50 a month. Yeah. Well now it's like $2,500 a month. I mean, they've completely gone up market, you know, and it's a natural progression. I mean, right now we are transitioning towards going up market ourselves. The prices that somebody got a year, 18 months ago are triple that now but they're still significantly better than, than really anything you can get out there in terms of the, the, the usual suspects, the Pagelys of the world, right. the, Kinstas, the WP engines. Yeah. This podcast is, you know, it's not like a gotcha podcast, uh, like some of them out there that try to get all your numbers and financials to share publicly with the world. But one sure. thing that would be interested in having you share if you're open to it is since because so many people are admiring the position you're in and seeing how you've gone from an agency to then scale SaaS product. That's what a lot of people want to get into. Could you give us a sense of just like, I guess, how large has this become over the last few years? Like you have 100,000 websites, but from a monetization standpoint, have you guys gotten to a pretty significant size? And you can share how much or as little as you want about that, even if it's just the scale. Yeah, yeah. So I'm totally comfortable sharing some numbers anyway. Last year, we did almost exactly on 800,000. And this year, probably we're going to be somewhere somewhere between 2 and 3x that. And that's literally with us still figuring out what's our exact right fit. You know, what's, yeah. what's the exact sweet spot in terms of, in terms of pricing, you know, I mean, right now we have a whole bunch of people that are basically on all, like all you can eat, you know, plans that are, that are legacy, you know, like yeah. one thing that we've, that we've been very, very hardcore and passionate about is that, you know, one of the things that I see that doesn't tr- tend to happen in SaaS is we take care of our very first customers better than anybody else. If you signed up with me in 2018, you still have the very best price of anybody on the platform. So long as you stayed current, you know, I mean, we literally have people that are, that are on legacy, like $30 a month plan that has at times, you know, sort of strangled our growth, but it also was a huge forcing effect in terms of making us build, you know, a really scalable team, a really scalable community and a a very robust product. And so now we're just now seeing all the different levers that we can, that we can tweak within our, within our space. And honestly, next year, I think we'll probably triple again without having to significantly change what it is that we're doing or significantly grow the team because we've gotten so good at, at systematizing support. There's no more bugs. There's, you know, like the, the documentation, like if I, if I had one thing, like if I had known, if I had known that we were going to have 1500 pages of documentation when I started, I probably wouldn't have started. I probably would have been like, no, this is nuts, you know, but yeah. And are you, but, are you writing this documentation or have you automated no, it for you? Have other people doing it? No, no, no. I, I don't know where any of the bodies are buried anymore, you know? So, so the first version, the first version of grid pain, like I built all the stack, I built all the scripts, all the CLI, and I outsourced the development of the, of the application side. Again, I don't touch anything. I don't touch support. I don't touch documentation. Right. I don't touch, I don't touch the stack. I don't touch people's yeah. servers. You know, you 100%. don't, you don't want me, you don't want me doing any of that stuff. <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting is that you just touched on something I think is so important. A lot of these agency owners that are listening to this podcast, overwhelmingly agency owners who are trying to start their own SaaS products. One key thing I always tell them is, look, if you're trying to build a SaaS company, you have to be pretty in on the SaaS idea because it's a very big investment of time and resources if you don't know how to do development yourself. And most agencies, when they try to productize, 
sometimes we'll just be better off building a course, to be honest, than a SaaS company. Sure. So how do you think of this? Because you've been around for a while now building this business and scaling it to what is a, a huge success now, especially because your multiples are probably really good on the SaaS company. Like you've probably seen some other agency owners die trying to transition to a SaaS product. Do you think the reason you've been successful is because you had that development experience and you could build the original? Or do you think that it's still possible for people? And I also like, what kind of consideration should they take in mind when they're trying to decide whether to launch a SaaS product or not? Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing, I think me being technical and having a strong technical background was obviously huge me having a good amount of my own capital, like literally being, you know, like I joked with somebody earlier today, one of our customers that it's like, it's sort of a lie to say that we're, that we're bootstrapped at this stage because my wife and I have put like half a million dollars into it. Like most bootstrap companies don't have that kind of dry powder sitting around, you know? So, yeah. so I think being properly capitalized, having good savings, knowing how to handle a lot of the technical aspects of all of this was crucial. One of my closest friends is a non-technical founder he's subbed everything out, you know? And so, but I think the key though, is that you really, really need to know your ideal client profile. Like you need to right. know your avatar. And so the thing was, is that it was like the further and further I went down the rabbit hole of building this thing, I kept seeing the various questions that I needed to get answers to. I was seeing other agency owners sort of lurking in those same forums and those same Facebook right. groups. And so I realized more and more that it was like, yeah, I'm not one of, God's beautiful snowflakes. There's a lot of me out there that want this exact same thing, you know? Right. And so I knew very well what it is that they wanted. And that's yeah. definitely what I see overwhelmingly. Like yes. all of the agencies that I see that are killing it, it isn't necessarily that they're, that they're technically amazing or that, that their sales and marketing is flawless. What they know very, very well is they know their customer. And I yeah. think what happens there is that just your, the inside baseball that, you know, like your language patterns, your messaging, oh, yeah. it matches up so well with what's going on in their head already that right. you can paper over a lot of inadequacies in the, in the service offering yeah. and the onboarding, things like that, because you're saying what's already happening. You know, the thing that's keeping them awake at night. Yeah. I, I would say the same thing because yeah, we're, we're bootstrapped, but I mean, I have all my, <laughs> I get a salary from Twiz LC passively. So it's like, okay, even though I built everything myself, that's technically the startup capital is my yep. ability to not have to go spend money to or raise money to even just build this thing. So it's very yep. important. One thing that I want to touch on, which you, which you kind of alluded to is uh, community. You're growing through community. I can't remember if you said this when we first talked, do you have your own community or are you just very active in other communities? Cause I think, I know you're active in other communities. I actually joined one of them, but what was the, community element that you're taking to grow in this? Sure. So, um, so every, you know, 95% of that word of mouth growth over the last four, four years and change, I'd say 95% of it can be attributed to our proactive value add and engagement in various Facebook groups. And so we do have our own Facebook group now that has, I think roughly 2000 people in it. We've grown to that off the back of basically being involved in a dozen different Facebook groups that are very, very aligned with agency owners, freelancers, WordPress right. developers, individual plugins and themes that are very, very popular that we see, you know, issues cropping up all the time. We go back to their Facebook groups and add as much value as we can. And so mm. certainly there's the organic benefit that we derive now from all of the documentation that we've created and Google now just immediately laps up anything that we put out there. 
but there's literally thousands and thousands of seeds sprinkled across right. countless countless Facebook groups that are not yeah. owned by me that people right. every single day I see people like replying to something that I said like a year ago. And right. I'm like, I don't even remember saying that, you know, yeah. but it's like, it's a question that I answered a year ago or more. And that stuff still is surfacing organically every single day. Hi, this is Lucas James. Are you struggling to get meetings booked with potential prospects for your agency? I'll tell you what, when I first started, I had the same issue, but I was able to A-B test hundreds of different variations of copy on multiple channels and figured out a secret formula to convert anyone from anywhere into taking a meeting with me. I've mastered this approach and now my agency, Twiz, books meetings on autopilot. Last year, we booked 1,731 meetings, closed 234 accounts, and generated $1.72 million in revenue. I want the same thing for your agency, so I've decided to give away some of my best performing outbound copy scripts for free. That's right, absolutely free. If you want to transform your business for free, go to agencygo.io forward slash leads to get your free lead scripts today. That's agencygo.io forward slash leads. Now back to the show. This is definitely a selfish question, but I know that other people are going to get value out of it too. So I'll ask them anyways. Sure. So I have this paid group, obviously, which you're a member of. I actually do have a Facebook group that's like free for people, but I kind of sort of discontinued it because I am mainly focusing on the membership and getting people in there. But obviously yep. I know Facebook groups are so powerful and you have 2000 members, so you probably already know the value of it. Seeing my model and seeing the one you're doing, like, what, what is the advantage of having a free Facebook group over like this paid group opportunity? Because I'm actually considering ramping up my free Facebook group again. And I'm curious what you've seen as far as the benefit, because you have so many people you could offer like a paid membership. So I'm curious why you decided to do it that way. Totally. So in the beginning, it was in a lot of ways, it was sort of the start of community support for us. So there was certainly huge value in that. Like we had our group of loyal fans that were our power users that knew the platform really well. And so people could come in and ask questions and, and our community would be on it before any of us could, you know, like we're great at being responsive and, and we have a 24 seven team. We chase the sun, you know, with people all around the world, but you can never be as strong as, as your community. There's value there. But another thing that mattered early days for us was that people could they could come and find out about us. They could then join our Facebook group, just linked right out of the footer off of, off of our website. And they could see that it was real. You know, they could see right. that, that it wasn't just, hey, here's this software and this loudmouth guy says it's great. They could actually come in and see that there's like, you know, somebody asks a question and then there's like potentially dozens of people that are adding value and saying, oh, this is how we solve for that. You know, and it wasn't right. just stuff that was specific to grid pain. It was stuff that was specific to our core customer, which yeah. is agency owners, serious developers, serious WordPress professionals. And it yeah. was like, once they saw that it was like, oh, this isn't just this group of people saying these things, there's hundreds and then a thousand and then yeah. 1500 and then 2000. And they go, yeah. there's, there's all this social proof baked into it. I just, I remember uh, how many years was it since you launched this? It was the great yeah. thing. Yeah. So we launched in February of 2018. And, oh, wow. and I'll tell you an interesting point on the value of Facebook groups for like a year straight. It was like, you know, our, our Stripe account was just flat, you know, it's like <laughs> there was like we had literally dozens, a couple dozen yeah. customers, you know, it was roughly one year to the day from when we launched somebody 
ask the question about like, hey, I'm looking for you know an alternative to Kinster or an alternative to whatever. And somebody said grid pane, and this had been happening for roughly a year. But what changed on that day was somebody immediately below that said plus one. They basically like <laughs> thumbs up it. You know, they literally said plus one. That's and so on that day, that was the day that that stripe started to go up into the right. Wow. It was literally a year straight of showing up and basically it just being crickets and yes. just delivering and delivering and, you know, adding value and, and fixing bugs and taking feedback. And then it was the instant that it was literally like almost like that was the damn broke at that. Point. Right. It, it is kind of crazy. I mean, we, we, we've seen the same thing start to happen. I mean, our growth just in the last month has been insane because of the viral effect, like because yep. our business model is built around enhancing the natural viral loops inside a community. Every time the community gets larger, the viral effect just goes up and up. So we're seeing it just like take off like the activity level. So I know it's so important. Uh, One of the last things I want to touch on before we wrap up here is there's a lot of people, like I said, who want to build their apps and a lot of people who are listening to the show, they listen to it specifically because we're, I think maybe one of the only podcasts that talk about how agency owners can build software applications. And that's like one of the main focus of the show. Now you talked about something really specific with me when we first spoke about, about how you built the new agency dashboard inside Bubble. You showed it to me and I thought, wow, this is really incredible. One of the most important pieces to me wasn't necessarily the design because I thought the design was great. But what really stuck out to me was you mentioned that you tested it up to, I think you said 500,000 concurrent users or something like that. And it didn't break, like the systems didn't break. And one of the biggest concerns people have with Bubble, especially like technical developers, they'll say, Bubble sucks because it'll break down, it'll never scale. And maybe it will, who knows? But uh, I'm just curious, you actually have pushed some scale on Bubble. And for anyone here who doesn't know what Bubble is, it's it's an amazing platform that allows you to build using, I I don't like the term no code. I usually prefer like visual programming because it is just as complex as like software. So I'm curious what your take on on scalability is with like a Bubble app. Yeah. So I, I hate the no code language as well. Like it's, it's not no code as a technical person. I can say that like bubble is intimidating to me. It's not no code. It's just sort of a different language. You're learning a different language and you're built, you know, you've got this visual builder, but it wasn't 500,000, but it was 10,000 concurrent users. Mm. Like we, we ran a simulated test of 10,000 concurrent users. And so for, as a for instance, like for those that haven't built, you know, websites that have had a lot of scale or trended on Reddit or, you know, been on the, the homepage of CNN, as an exact example, like we had a client of ours, their client launched a book, tweeted it out to their 750,000 followers, then literally was on the homepage of CNN. And there they had 6,000 concurrent users coming to check out the website and 150 people concurrently checking out and buying this book. That is a major scale traffic event. You know, like most people will not see anything like that in, in their lifetime, you know? So certainly we've load tested double that amount of traffic. Um, And for a software as a service, like it's going to be unlikely that you're ever even going to have 10,000 users period. But if you had 10,000 users, you know, 10,000 people in your, in your learning management program or in your SaaS product, you probably at any one time would only have maybe 1% of those people logged in using the right. app at any one time, you know? So that gives you an idea of like how, like you could scale to have 10,000 people logged in at the exact same time yeah. on Bubble. And that's what they're like $500 a month plan. I made a bet mostly with myself, but also with a few of my development friends. Cause I, at the beginning of the year, uh, last year, I, I started to teach myself software development. I was about to go down the whole custom route 
and pour my time into that. But then I realized I could do the work of like four developers with Bubble and I decided to go that route. But I mean, I made a bet more so with myself. You know, I'm really into the whole asymmetrical bet type deal. What they talk about VC investment stuff where you just yeah. have to be right once on something. Yeah. And my bet is that I truly believe that Bubble will be the most valuable company in the world in like five years. This is like a, maybe kind of out there. I don't know if people sure. agree with me, but that's my take. And I think that people who start building on Bubble now will see a huge increase in value because I have a, a mentor at, at YC, at Y Combinator, who's talking yeah. about this because he sold like multiple software companies. And I asked him like, how important is the IP? And he's like, it is very important. But ultimately what people care about today more than anything is like, scalability and the network and the ability to ramp up something really quick and provide a lot of value. And if you think about the, the underpinnings of bubble, you really have to ask yourself, like, if you can build something that much quicker and everyone's using the same underlying language to build things and they just keep investing into the scalability of this platform, are these products actually going to be more valuable because they have more scale and can handle more capacity than let's say other types of products. So I'm just curious, like, you know, whether you agree with that or not, is this something where, Anyone who is interested in launching apps should just build it on Bubble? Or do you think there's a case for still doing stuff custom, you know, now? Yeah. So, so having spent more than $3 million building, building our platform out and hiring proper traditional developers and still employing them now, I don't believe this will rub them the wrong way. But I certainly think that there's an enormous amount of value to no-code platforms like Bubble. I think Bubble is by far the most robust and feature complete in terms of being able to, like, I haven't seen a use case yet that you couldn't solve for with Bubble. Um, But I do 1000% agree with you that I don't know is it'll be the most valuable company, but I do believe that the enterprise value of Bubble, you know, it can't be overstated because it's not the value of the IP. It's the value of all the companies that you can build on the back of that thing. Like literally, one of my um, closest friends, he's building a no-code platform. You know, I wish I was like five years farther along in my journey and that I'd already exited because I would buy his entire company for what it's what what he's raising at right now and literally just shutter the thing. Like I would not yeah. let people have access to it. And <laughs> yeah. I would literally just start a venture, a venture firm that the primary deliverable other than cash is you would have access to this no-code platform and you could just crank out companies yeah. very, very quickly. Like it took us a while to get there. Don't get me wrong. Again, it takes time for even a skilled developer like my guy who now does bubble. It takes time to learn it. But now yeah. that he knows what he knows, and now that we have like a lot of the building blocks in place, it's literally a situation of I have an idea on Monday. He has a POC on Wednesday, and we yeah. can put it in a client's hands for beta testing on Friday. It's as close to like we iterating at the speed of thought that you can get. You know, and it's like, as you get, like, there's certainly a place for proper traditional development. Like a lot of the things that we're doing at a server side level, at the engineering level, at the DevOps level, you can't fake those things with DevOps or you can't, or excuse me, you can't fake those things with bubble. And there's all kinds of, you know, security constraints and there's serious stuff that you just can't do in these no code environments. I wish I could have gone back in time and had bubble today, four years ago. I think we'd be, we'd be so much farther along in so many different contexts. Yeah. yeah. And that's saying a lot. I mean, seeing the kind of scale that you guys have already hit. And so it's been great having you on the show. I want to wrap up here with like a lightning round of just a few questions. First question, uh, and I'm excited for this answer because it may be the same one you told me when we talked, it was really cool, which is how would you grow your company 10X in the next 12 months? If, if you had to, like, if you were given a deadline, you have to grow 10X in 12 months, what would you do? 
100% strategic partners. And what I mean by that is there are mountains of people out there that already have your ideal customer. They have a community of them. They have access to them. They have affinity and trust. I literally build the right tool for the right people for the right reason, and then go out and find the communities that already exist, find the gurus, find the experts that already have your customer and just partner with them. That is literally the process that we're going through right now. So there's that. And then uh, what is one thing that you wish you knew when you were 20? I think it's actually literally, if I could go back and talk to my 20 year old self, I would say just ship more and don't worry. Like the thing that we've learned you know, over the last four years is you're going to make lots of mistakes. It, no matter how good your intentions are, people are going to get pissed off. Like even yeah. as you're improving things, people don't like change. So right. as you introduce new things, even if it's like new value and like, here's all this extra for free, people are still going to go, why, why isn't it like the old thing? And so I think that it's very easy for people to get afraid about like, what if people don't like my thing? What if the market doesn't like it? What if it, what if it falls on its face? Just ship it. Everything gets more valuable with time if you continue, you know, exerting effort, I think. That's my take. So that's really sound advice. And so I want to give you the opportunity to share grid pain. How can people get involved if they're not an agency go member? Because I know you're about to post that video, which by the way, I'll do something for you because I want this to actually be spread out to as many people as possible. The video you make for agency go or even any video I'll put in the show notes. So for any listen to this, I'll put it in the show notes. You can watch maybe a demo of, of how you use the software and stuff but I'm a huge proponent of it. I'm just really trying to push more people into it. So thank you so much for being on the show. How can they get in touch with you? How could they use this software right away if they're interested? Yeah, it's gridpain.com, G-R-I-D-P-A-N-E.com. You can find us on Twitter with that same gridpain tag. Basically anybody can sign up. You don't have to be a huge agency, but obviously those are the people that we have the most impact for. And anybody that's a member of Agency Go, if you reach out, if you go and check out our site, you'll see my fat head in the bottom right. Anybody that posts a video or audio message in there, I love actually hearing directly from real human beings yeah. and I will respond to those things. Anybody yeah. that's in Agency Go, obviously the best promotion that we have right now, we'll make sure to get you hooked up. And if you want to have a bigger conversation, if you are a larger agency, again, those are the people that we murder for every single day. And so ping me there and um, you can jump on my calendar and we'll talk through how we um, help people solve these, these uh, hosting problems. So well, thank you so much for being on the show. For everybody listening, Patrick Gallagher has built what, what sounds like $1.5 to $2.5 million per year business. That's what it's on track for this year in, in less than four years. Some serious growth, huge compounding right now. He was an agency owner originally and then transitioned, which is the, the dream for a lot of you guys listening to the show. So I know this is going to be a special episode. Now a lot of people are going to be listening to it over and over and over again. So thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to have to get you back in a quarter or a few months to get you to talk about your progress and share your highlights and things like that. So really appreciate it, Patrick, and I'll see you in the group. Thank you.